we're in the comic zone. Yeah, this is the comic zone lounge. I'm DJ Easy Dick. <laughs> in the jack off hour. <laughs> this is the comic zone. We got Bill over there and DJ Nike. We're here. About to talk about what made us Fan love boys. the things that we do. And not the females, we're talking about <laughs> those fictitious characters. That's right. Some of them are females. <laughs> That's true. And we love them too. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it, fellas. For reals, though, this is the Comic Zone. Yes, sir. What's happening, nerds? Yep. What made us fanboys? First off, though, before we get into... A lot of cool shit happening. And you finally caught up on Ahsoka. Right. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about just real quick before we get into other shit. Right. But this kind of goes in with what made me... or You know what I mean? This is Star Wars is one of the things I love uh, you know, more than it. Like... Just as much as I love Dragon Ball, I love Star Wars, and I'm somewhat of a fucking uber fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Savant, if you will. Right. And so, you guys, I think, gave a good rundown on the last episode, but as somebody who... Uh, By the I, way, if you're listening on Spotify, it's on our YouTube channel. Oh, right. Because we didn't make it, we lost it on, uh, we had a bad data card, so you got to check it out on Facebook or on uh, YouTube. Right. So, as somebody who's seen Rebels and the Clone Wars and everything in between, I got to say, as a show that's basically bringing Rebels into live action, because that's, I mean, really... There's a lot that you guys maybe missed as like because you've never seen exactly. Rebels. And so like the droid that Bill was talking about at the beginning. And, was, uh, well, and Sean was too. That was... Yeah, both of us, but... Yeah, or well, yeah. That it was almost talking that you yeah, could yeah, read. Chopper. Chopper. Oh, yeah. And he is from Rebels. Like you've seen him a million times if you've seen the show. And then you have Hera. And then obviously you have Sabine and everybody... Essentially, everyone from Rebels is there. Um, and I think the accuracy is fucking spot on. Like, they are killing it. It's also interesting that those were fairly, I want to say, Disney-friendly to begin with. So I think it was an easy transfer to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it was It was there. Um, oop, that was my bad. I do believe that uh, Rebels is one of the shows that came out after Disney took over everything. Yeah. So I might be wrong about that, but... How long, <clears throat> excuse me, how long ago did it come out? That's a good question. Because, I mean, even before there was Disney+, Plus, they've had control over Star yeah. Wars properties for a while now. And also, going back to while you're looking that up, as far as what made me a fanboy, it was almost from birth. Right. I've I've said before that I've seen Star Wars in utero because that was like when yeah. I was born and like one of the first movies I ever remembered was Empire Strikes Back. Same. And and and, re- and then Return of the Jedi and then all the toys. That was like that was my youth. Yeah. You know that and then like GI Joe. But yeah, so, I, I had Star Wars action figures first. Yeah. My, my very first action figure 
was uh, uh, Lando Calrissian because that was the yeah, first. Because yeah. my mom was, you that's, know, that's the super... only action figure you need. Because Lando's the shit. But I remember that was the only black action figure until like I'd probably say at least '85. I gotta say that I am way more impressed with uh, Rosario. Da- uh, what's her last? Yeah, name? Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Uh, in the show, like she clearly has done some working out and practicing more with, like how she looks with the lightsaber in her hands, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do you? Lo- it's got to be convincing, right? Like right. she's a Jedi, yeah. And it, I think now it's a lot more convincing in this show, which it was I, in Mando, which I like too, and it makes sense why maybe she wasn't quite, um, ready. Yeah. Well, had, remember we we said we said the same thing about uh. Angela Bassett in the first uh, Black Panther film, which get you know, we'll, let's be honest, she's twenty years her senior. Who you know what I mean? Angela Bassett. She was she played uh, uh, the mother. Oh right. You know what I mean? She's and amazing. I mean she she still looked great for sixty somebody years old, but in comparison to the, the the shape she was in for Wakanda Forever was oh yeah she was cut. Jack yeah <laughs> yeah she looked great yeah and so, she's so an amazing actor. The first few episodes of Star Wars Rebels debuted October 3rd, 2014 on Disney Channels Worldwide. There we go. So it's yeah, it's a Disney Channels. It, um, um, well, yeah, like, because um, they have a couple of different on the, like, like Disney the TV, channels, right? Not necessarily Disney Plus, but still same family. Yeah, paid, it was paid cable, like HBO and shit. Right, and Rebels, there's some uh, novels that add to that, too, of, of Red that are really great. Um, but overall, it's not a show that I really loved when I first started watching it. Same thing with Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, like this, they're just like throwing shit in there. And I didn't, I was young. I, I just didn't like, you know, I hated Ahsoka, which is the funniest thing because now she's my favorite character, period, what in, was it? in Star Wars. In Clone Wars, she had a great evolution. From yeah, kind of a snotty kid mm-hmm. yes. to a Jedi. That's right. And I think that was that was what made it, you know, it's one of the things that I love about a good character is that development and conflict and resolution and how they and, deal and with and it. And there's like a long burn there. So you have fourteen seasons or something? How many seasons yeah. is it? I, I don't know. Let me let Google yeah, it. Google it, Bill. IMDB. Uh, so we need yeah, some sort of game. If I have to Google something, it's you know you have to then. But you <laughs> get the you get Drink. the entire long burn uh, with Ahsoka, and like yeah, you don't necessarily like her in the beginning. Shots. You don't necessarily like her in the beginning, right? Um, because she is a snotty little kid. Kid. That, right. But he's right. You do watch her uh, mature and. Um, become a jedi knight right and then you like her already by this point and then the stuff with the murder happens and then the jedi excommunicate her and then she has to prove her own innocence and um it's she is so a good character arc Right. As far as like uh what makes something really great. So like Vegeta. Oh like you watch a slow burn. You watch a slow burn from the beginning of Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. when he's an absolute lunatic. Asshole. Lunatic. Yeah. He's always an asshole. 
Yeah. But you slowly, over the course of two show or over the course of Dragon Ball, like from the beginning of the show to the Majin Buu saga when he mm-hmm. sacrifices himself uh, to save the planet mm-hmm. and sa- like to protect his family and all, uh, all that shit. And then it's just so... Watching a watching a character change slowly over time. You know what? Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because when, when we were talking about that, the first thing that popped in my mind. We all know I'm an X Men super fan, and like not just X Men, all the X teams, Excalibur, X Factor, X Force. But I hated Wolverine. I thought the character was cool and all, but I hated how he was portrayed because, especially outside of X Men, anything else he showed in. He showed up in. He never never lost a fight to anyone. And before I knew his backstory, and plot thing, armor, baby. Well, yeah, but it plot was. Armor. I mean, when you think the fact that he'd been alive for two hundred years, you know what I mean, and he and all the different fighting styles that he had learned over over his lifetime, it's like okay, of course he's going to be a better fighter than somebody that's 20, 30 years old. Same way with Cap. You know what I mean? If you've been in wars and learning for decades longer than everybody else, of course you're going to be better. And then his powers and things along that nature. Yeah, but, imagine somebody like John Jones, and then he gets to live for 200 years. Yeah. And, and stay in his, not just in his prime, but like super prime, like you're a mutant. So, I mean, his abilities so are... you don't age. Yeah, you get Well, this. that, and he's like faster than a normal person. I'm mm-hmm. sure he, you know, all that shit. Imagine, so, and you can heal. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about taking damage, but... Yep. If... Yeah, you had that amount of time to perfect a fighting. You go into a fight to lose, not to win. John Jones is already the baddest dude in the, on, the- on the planet. So he could li- literally just beat the brakes off anybody he wanted to. Imagine somebody like that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then he's got 200 years of fighting experience behind that. I mean, it does make sense. Yeah. But before I knew that, I was just like, yo, who the hell is this midget that they never let lose a fight? And then... Ah, all right. I get it now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you just didn't get the back story there. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I remember back in the day uh, when we, when I was a kid and in the nineties, mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't, we didn't have a backstory for Wolverine. Like his his shit was a mystery. It was, wasn't it? Wasn't until Jim Lee got a hold of him, right? And then they did the. Um, Origins. Mm-hmm. What, have Weapon you read? X. That? Have you read that? Oh yeah. No, no, no not Weapon X. It's Origins. when he was it's like a, in Japan or no. It's when he's a kid. It starts out when he's a kid, and then yeah, like, there's there's a, there's a character that uh, they make you think is Sabretooth, and it's not. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, the dog, his, his brother-in-law. Yeah, so he's a rich dog. That sounds familiar now that you. He, he's a very, he's just like Sabretooth, you know what I mean? And he also has mutant powers, and he was like James Howlett, so Wolverine's actual name, not Logan, his born name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up in an affluent home in the 1800s, and he ended up with this disease and was dying, and apparently his father was having an affair with what, this uh, No, well, it's... Yeah, his his mother was having an affair yeah, with, his mother, yeah. with the groundskeeper, and he looked... Exactly like Wolverine or Sabretooth, kind of both. And, uh, yeah, then he, uh, 
Anyway, keep going. Yeah. He, he anyway he ended up getting sick, and uh, right about the time, and then of course the the child from the the other child from the the groundskeeper's son hated uh, James and was always you know chastising him. And he was smaller, and then it came like while he was sick. And it was one of those diseases that we don't have anymore, but it was like really big in the 1800s. Yeah. And uh, then that's the first time he popped his claws. And, and like, a, yeah, and like in a fit of jealousy or whatever, the groundskeeper, I forget his name. But I can't remember. He tries to kill uh, James's dad. And or I think he does kill him. Yeah. And that's when his powers manifest and he kills. The groundskeeper with his uh, bone claws. With his yeah, and then he goes and lives with wolves for a while. And yeah, shit. it's crazy. It's like he just like runs in a pack of wolves. But yeah, it's and 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 then during during the whole origins thing, it was like a six part miniseries, and then they did another one, and it went. But it was it was really dope because uh, it was like Professor X knew all this and hid those memories from him because he thought you know it would drive him berserk like completely. And it was it was just it was a really cool story. It was, it was one of my yeah, favorites. It's something you should look up. Somebody, yeah, somebody who loves to read comics. I mean, it's I think it's one of those great uh, mini series that I mean you almost have to read. And I have it as a uh, trade paperback, so it's nice. all of them. So you can check it out. I'll bring it next week. And that came out fuck early two thousands, late nineties, two thousand five. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Matter of fact, uh, they were talking about it. This is one of the reasons why I love the Big Bang Theory, uh, because they talk about a lot of, you know, nerd stuff like that. And I remember there was an episode where they were actually in the comic book store and Sheldon and Wallowitz were arguing. And he was like, "There, you find me one comic book that makes reference to Wolverine having bone claws. And he went and pulled, you know, the episode before that was like he was born with them. Because before... If you had if you hadn't read Origins, and I might have actually come out, it came out after that. Remember we were talking about Fatal Attractions when uh, Magneto pulled the animanium off his skeleton, and that was the first time he had popped his claws, and they were bone under there. Like he didn't know they were bone under. He thought they were, you know, they were added with the animanium. So when he found out he had bone claws, that's when they ran with that story. And it was like so there was a lot of things that popped up in it, and there were a couple of red herrings, but it was it was definitely a good story. And I honestly, I think Wolverine's origins kind of took uh, the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, which we always talk about it being a bad movie. It's an awesome movie. Ian and I were talking about that today. The ending just sucked. But you take the last five, ten minutes It is out, a good movie overall. An, yeah. Yeah. Leave Shriver killed it as Wolverine. But they they put a lot of the X-Men's origin story in there and then mixed it in with some of the new stuff to make one coherent story. But a lot of that <laughs> actually... yeah. Oh. <laughs> a lot of that came from from Origins, and they did a great job with it. Well, yeah, the beginning sequence, for example, them him, him and Sabretooth running through the different wars and mm-hmm. shit. It show, it shows them <laughs> in a bunch of different wars in the comic too. <laughs> yeah, and it showed them. You know what I mean? Like, you it shows how they were friends for so long. You know what I mean? Uh, or were they friends, or were they just birds of a feather? Yeah, say, they, say like if, they were yeah. alike, so they just hung together. Yeah, I don't know if they liked each other that much. You know, I think they kind of did. It was over the years that I think because Wolverine or uh, Sabretooth was always more psychotic. You know what I mean? Like Logan, they always show. 
he, you know, he had those berserker rages that would happen where he'd black out. But Sabretooth was always like, let's kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, he's we like, can't, yeah, we're better than them. It was the chaotic neutral versus or evil versus chaotic good. Yes. Yes. They describe him as a psychopath. Yeah. So Probably. Jesus Christ. He enjoys like disemboweling people mm-hmm. and shit. Like he really gets off on that shit. So yeah, he's a real sick fuck. Chaotic evil. I yo, you know, and we get we get we have to get back on point. When I first started I think reading, we are about, on point. yeah, you're right. Uh, one of the one of the uh, things I loved about Sabretooth when I started reading him, he had that uh, basically a Jean Grey. I forgot what her name was. It was like Birdie, I think. That uh, she kept his. That was the only time where you didn't see him all straight up. I want to kill you. You know what I mean? Like he was a business person. You know what I mean? And he was walking around in suits and shit like that. Uh, but somebody killed Birdie, and that just took all his humanity away. And he was like, "All right, well, back to back to old me, and I'm <laughs> kill everything that walks." That's why I think the saber tooth in Age of Apocalypse is interesting because he's not not like that. Isn't he just he's kind of a, a meathead, though? Well, no, he he's very protective of his teammates and shit. And he's never been like that before. Yeah, <laughs> he's the. Exa- he's the exact opposite, so he's like the good version. And then, the- no, it was. Okay. And then he's got Wild Child with him, and that's mm-hmm. just that image that they cut. That they cut, where he's got Wild Child on his shoulder, or just him when he's got him on the chain, right? Like so, he leashes him. I always thought that was the shit. He's like a. Something like Wolverine and yeah, they Sabretooth, but he's like they're they're all part of that lichen family. Well, and of it, mutants. It made him uh, feral, very primal. Mm-hmm. Like he he regret re, Jesus fucking Christ with the hiccups. He regressed, and uh, he's like what you would imagine a caveman would almost be like. Even in the regular continuity. Don't be so caveman as <laughs> like the he, Geico commercials. Yeah. He can he can talk in the regular, but he's still, you know what I mean, pretty bad off. But yeah, I, I there there was a the first time I remember reading about Silk in Spider Man, you know what I mean? And yeah. they were and they were talking to uh Peter and uh Madam what was the the Madam Madam Webb? Web? Madam Webb was talking to Peter. It was like, if you ever know and I and I thought this was a very fourth wall but done very well in in book. Uh, he was like, there's a reason that mutants fight mutants. And you see, you know, the, the superheroes fighting the superheroes. He was like, everyone that you fight is a totem animal. You know, vulture. I remember rhino. when they did all that. Lizard. Yeah. Yep. He, there was a guy that showed up that... Octopus. Like some, mm-hmm. some immortal dude that showed up and was going after uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he was part of the totem shit. Yep. And, but I, like I said, I, I just thought it was and, cool that they that they because I had never really thought about that before. Like when you when you when you start thinking about how compartmentalized Marvel was, you know what I mean? It was always mutants fight. You had the X Men fighting the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You have you know Spider Man fighting all of these totem characters. You have the X Men or the Avengers going up against people with armor or armies. It was like it made sense, and I love how they put it in there without having to jump outside the fourth wall to do it. And that's a good way to show that she knows more than anybody else. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if she can break that fourth wall and like, you know what I mean? So it, like, I think that's a good move to really show that she's uh, got a lot of information. I yo, That one just blew me away because I couldn't believe I was probably like 18 or 19, maybe even a little bit older than that when that came out. I was like, how did I never notice that before? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's so obvious once, it, you know, once you think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so she's saying like even the, well, I guess Spider-Man's part of that. Like all his villains are animals and shit. Yeah. And I, I, is it the same thing? Maybe it was. Then we get Craven, who's not, who's a hunter, but still the same premise. Yeah, because he's hunting the animal animals. characters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I can't wait to see that. Hopefully it's not. Garbage. Yeah, it yo. Know, it looks. I, we'll put it this way. It looks better than Morbius did. Now I had hopes for Morbius, but this looks good. That it's Morbin time. <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny. And the fact that this one's going to be rated R too, so that's going to give it automatically a little bit more credence to me because they're not trying to tone down the blood and the violence and everything. I hope they don't go over the top with it. But like I said. I always thought Venom should have been. I think it would have been a better film, both of them, which they were still good. Yeah, but I think they would have been the second one, dude. Yeah, like yeah. with Carnage, mm-hmm. he should have been murdering motherfuckers left and right. Yeah, he's a fucking serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't. How many people does he kill in that? Or I mean, he killed a bunch, but I mean, but they, it's they all weren't... it's all like shit where you. I mean, you barely see it happen. Yeah, then there was like there was almost no blood in the film at all, mm-hmm. and I had an issue with that. So. Now in the comics, he's taking on hell and <laughs> killing everyone right. and everything and trying to, yeah. Usurp control. You think it's going too far? It's a bit ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, you're just I mean, like, all right. Each author is trying to do it. I mean, they're trying to do these big crossover events and it's like, it's at a certain point, it's like the hype and not the story. And I think I've kind of fallen out of reading, you know, just, you know, personal shit going on and just. Like that, that hasn't been as intri- intrigued, mm-hmm. you know, because then they're just doing all these big crossover stuff or just like more Spider Verse multiverse stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because it's what they're doing in the movies, though. I think they try to mirror each other. It's like when you said, "I think the comics should lead." I I agree with that because I think it gives it gives the movies a fresh ground to test things, but. I, I agree with that as a fan, but as someone that realizes the movies, I think I think comic books should be more based for the fans. That I think they should be more wholly based for the 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 readers, the the avid readers, because those are going to be the ones that aren't just going to like. If you make the stories for the people that have been following the, these characters for a long time, you're going to do well. You start trying to do what the movies do when they're trying to they're watering down this this shit for a major audience. You can't do that in the book form. You can do that in a movie because you got two hours, you know, to get a story across. And that's remember I told you I was having that argument with people in those Transformers groups. It's like you can't always compare comic books, or especially not something that's forty years old, <laughs> to something that's just coming out now. There's going to be changes, and there's going to be, because uh, movies are about money. I'm not saying comics aren't, but to a, like there's a dead end. We're, if we're spending forty million, we have to make a hundred million, or we're not doing it again. That's point blank. And I don't think comics—it's not that cut and dry. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
Well, they can take more risks in comics. That's what I think. And yeah. They, and I don't think they are expecting as much return, too. That, too. And I think a lot of that falls on the artist mm-hmm. and the label to kind of eat that cost, unfortunately. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you get into the big leagues, you know, it's 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 tough that way. And that's why, you know what I mean? Like, uh, whenever we start looking for those crown jewels of the comic book world that a lot of these movies are based off of, even if it's loosely based, that's why those older issues are worth more than a lot of these newer stories. And they stay around that same Mm. price point because, you know, they were good stories to begin with. I will say I do like it when the comics are inspired by the movies, but then take on their own form. I think that's, that can be cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're seeing a little bit of it. Here's some examples. I didn't like they did the Spider-Man India Mm-hmm. They started that up again, and it literally felt like they just picked up from the movie, and the first issue didn't do anything, so I just dropped it. Now, so this is they're starting over because the original this was Spider-Man- like, yeah, this was recently okay. within the past, yeah, after the movie came out. I was well, about- speaking of movies, just real quick while oh. it's on my in my head because I noticed right before I came over, um that guardians three is on disney plus mm-hmm. now it has been for a couple weeks now i didn't know that mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have to go watch that when i get home <laughs> i love that movie yeah it was it was good so much i love them all i really do i think I, when i said captain america is the only like series of movies that is consistently good all the way through i didn't even think about guardians i mean in everything that they are in as good as fuck too. I would agree. I think Guardians had less to, I'm not going to say they, yeah, I will say it. I don't think they had as much to live up to. That's true. You know what I mean? I, and which doesn't yeah. give, it, give it carte blanche to suck. But I think because everyone had low expectations to the first one. And then I don't they, think people had low expectations. They didn't know what to expect. All right. no, like most people. It was tabla rasa. They yeah. were able to start clean mm-hmm. and they hit it and they kept it. Yeah. Because you know. isn't most Guardian stuff, wasn't that like early 90s, late 80s? Not this team. He was able. He not, was not this team, but the. Yeah. But like so. Vance Astro. They, my point is, is they weren't like a prominent. No, they comic. were not. And matter of fact, it got canceled quite a few times. And it's amazing that it even happened, and it turns out to be one of the very shining examples of what a great comic book movie is. I would agree. And they're able to do it. James Gunn's able to do it like consistently. It'll be interesting to see what the next um, director does with it with the new team and everything you still have rocket you still have group but it'd be cool it's going to be cool to see like adam warlock and everybody we haven't seen any really reference of them anywhere not as yet as a movie i imagine we'll see the characters i don't think we will for a little while we're going to see the characters in uh interchanged i hope right. I would, I'd be, I'd, they'd be stupid of them not to right oh yeah you i know th- and it did say at the very end that you'll see star lord again yeah they're all going on their separate ways, mm-hmm. meaning, hey, we're just going to put them in the Avengers or wherever wherever we need those. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Star-Lord movie or a, or a TV show, you know what I mean, with him not being with the Guardians and now. I, I, yeah. 
But it'd be like him living on Earth or some shit. Like a one-off. It'd or be like like really cool. it'd be like funny, but kind of not as cool as him Guardians. And, him and Kevin Bacon and yeah, right. Uh, that would I, be... I, I think the, I think they would do it a little more seriously now. You know, with him being back because this is like his first time really coming back to Earth because he didn't think there was a reason for him to come back. He didn't care. He was a child. Well, when he, he left. was there on during the fight with Thanos, but I mean, who knows how long he stayed? Were they? Oh, I guess they were on Earth for that. You're right. Yep. I'd forgotten about that. So in, he in game, you're right. He'd been there. He had he just hadn't uh interacted with anybody else. Right. Outside and, and, of the... and if he hadn't been there, how was he getting like newer music and shit? Well, no, it was given to him. Yeah. His mom gave him those on, two tapes. Well, and then the Zune. Oh, that's right. Yep. You're and right. It had all the newer yeah. shit on it. You're right. You are correct. Yeah. Yandu gave him the Zune. That's right. Ah, which was such a waste. <laughs> Yeah, killing Yondu. No, well that too. I mean, I, I was more talking about oh, how buying a Zune. Yeah, yeah. Not not a waste. It was like that was the Zune was superior to the iPod and every. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But they were badass. It's just like what catches on. It's yeah. weird. It's weird sometimes. Yeah, it's like uh, Blu-ray and uh, high def the HD DVD mm-hmm. and it's or like four, that. and then four K and. Ultra. Oh yeah, but that's that's more after, recent. Yeah, but yeah, I, I remember when when the, when the, when was the battle for mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray and, and you're HD. and you're like you're like oh should I get the Blu-ray? Or? I I thought HD was gonna win. I I I I think it honestly just had to do with the with Blu-ray having a better looking case, <laughs> like it's blue and stands out more. Uh, it's like. I have heard, you. and I have never done my research behind this, but it does make sense uh, that porno uh, pornography actually helped push Blu-ray. Well, it always when it comes down to there's two formats, whatever way that the porn industry goes with is the way that wins, and that was the way with. The, and I do know it's fact for when it was VHS and Beta, because porn went VHS, so VHS won over Betamax in the '80s. And then there was something else when DVDs first came out, and I, I can't even remember what it is. And they went with DVDs, Laserdisc. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and I and I never and I never checked with the Blu-ray and the HD, but because because I, I remember that was also during the Xbox and PlayStation wars. So I thought the video game aspects had a little bit to do with that more than porn. And that's what but, they're talking about in Tropic Thunder. Oh yeah, man. See, I've only seen that once. I forgot I about that. About what? In Tropic Thunder, they're talking about that. It's like it all depends on. What the porn industry and the game industry does, everything else doesn't matter. <laughs> but that's it's true. You know what I mean? It, and it's crazy when you think about that. It's when they're walking I mean? in the jungle, like after the helicopter. I'm gonna have to watch that film again because I've that's only seen such it a once. fucking funny movie. Oh my god! <laughs> See, we we we, we have different. We have very different. <laughs> oh yeah, opinions I get, I when it comes it. to comedy. Trust you know? me, I know. But uh, that's a fucking funny movie. It was it was good, but I don't I don't put it up there in my. Eh, top no, it's, it's, up, it's up there for me it was funny for what it did and what it said in the statements it made mm-hmm. more than i think the actual comedic jokes you know just like um although i think it's a better movie than idiocracy idiocracy is an interesting fact and but it's kind of a terrible movie to watch <laughs> because it's it's painful because right. it's but then there's moments where it's like you know, hilarious, and it's like true. Yeah, and then 
there's a lot of people that say that movie's coming true. <laughs> yeah, but it was based on observations that were happening at the time. So, I mean, it's yes and no. I mean, yeah, it was, it's like, okay, this is how things are headed, you know. Uh, president in the Oval Office firing a machine gun up in the air and, you know, people just believing ad slogans versus, you know, the truth. Right. Which, which does happen. Yeah, a lot. And it has happened. It's it's happened in the past. It just happens more often. And there's more ways that we can be manipulated and tricked now. I think that's the <clears throat> that's the thing, as far as technology, the access, and. <coughs> so coming back to what we're here to talk about, which is like what made you. I don't like the word fanboy. It sounds. Bite me, fanboy. Mm-mm. Lobo. It's yeah. It's never okay. been one of my favorite terms, but it's one of the ones that nerd culture recognizes. You know what I mean? So right. But yeah, I've I've it it it, it has always seemed like a derogatory and term. Fangirl, and I think that's why I adopted it because it was. Oh, you're taking you know, it back. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. You know, kinda so like, it's kind of like how my people do the n word. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I mean, I think that's you know, and I. I am for different things like Lego or, you know, and me with Transformers, you know, so there's different levels of it and just kind of that fanaticism and there can be fangirls too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what was it for you? Um, I think it was, you know, really from birth kind of, you know, being immersed in kind of a sci-fi culture and then also early on like uh, Superman um, and, you know, those kind of genres really resonated with me. There's a period in time where I had a cape on it most times in oh, my life and yeah. was just running around with a cape. And in my case, sometimes it was just a towel or a blanket, but yeah. it was my cape. I mean, yeah. exactly same thing. It's whatever your your imagination is. Like the, the meme that's your, every stick is, you know, a lightsaber mm-hmm. or, a, a, you know, a rifle. Gun. Yep. So, I mean, that's where it started for me as far as early on. And then in adolescence, you know, uh, it was about collecting comic books and then, you know, some just ner- movies and, you know, horror movies or just nerdy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably film and arts and then, you know, music. And then later on, it was just more of a bringing back to that renaissance with, I think, popularity of the MCU. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, COVID and comics and the reemergence of everything. And then, you know, to where we are now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'll say for me, a lot of mine was, you know, resonate with yours. Uh, definitely Star Star Wars was one of the first things that I can remember because the first Star Wars movie came out the year I was born. So about the time I was able to remember was Empire. Um, and then it seemed like there, there was a lot longer time frame, you know what I mean, for things to come out then, uh, as well as the turnaround with it coming out on video or going to things like HBO. So what there was three to four years in between each uh in between each star wars film the original trilogy uh you know what i mean so between yeah it was, it's forever yeah between empire and return of the jedi or return of the jedi and empire i forget which ones um that was when i started getting into uh star trek um super friends as far as the cartoons but live action was adam west batman uh Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and uh Incredible Hulk the Hulk and the sad song yeah hitchhiking at the end which uh one of the Wu-Tang groups turned that into a uh, killer army turned that into a beat and 
so dope. If you ever get a chance, it's called Wake Up. It's a crazy song, but it uses the Incredible Hulk music. But as far as film goes, because they were kind of campy. You know what I mean? I mean, For, they, yeah. yeah. Incredible Hulk was very serious, but it was also more of a drama. You know what I mean? There was normally only like five minutes maximum of you seeing, you know, him right. turning into the Hulk and, you know, picking up a car was about the most they could do, you know what I mean, back then. But definitely Batman and Wonder Woman were a lot more campy. Uh, and then 80 was when uh, the Keanu, Re Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Christopher Reeves, when the Superman movie came out. And oh my goodness. Keanu Reeves as Superman. I mean, considering he was Neo, he was flying around. They made they actually made that that Superman joke in I'm Matrix. Sure he, I'm sure he could pull it off it's somehow. I think he'd do better than uh, Nicholas Cage not would. Ja I mean, can he get that jacked? How at, old is he? At 50? Yeah. I, I could see him better as a Batman. <clears throat> yeah. I'd like him it better. Would be... I would like him as like a darker... But still Constantine, I guess. I, I, I think that I was think... a good choice for him. Yeah, it was. Well, he wants to do a second film. The, 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 that movie is fucking amazeballs. It, and yo, it's, it's not even close to the actual comic. Not even remotely close to the comic. But it is still the shit. And that is a rarity, you know what I mean, where you go that far from the source material and still make a great film. That that entire cast was gangster. Dude, you know that mean? movie. And yeah. the, I mean, even the like everything they did worked. I mean, it was really good. Yeah. Like the story's good. You know what I mean? And then, what's the dude? Who's the dude that plays uh, Satan in that? The 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 Russian guy that's in everything. Yeah, amazing in uh, American Gods. Yes, he yes. played. Oh. Yeah, he killed that. Oh. He killed that. Literally. <laughs> literally, literally, yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, uh, perfect word choice for that. Uh, and oh, he's in John Wick, isn't he? He's in the second one for a hot second. He was the brother to the first guy. That was he's the main in Sons mob. of Anarchy too. Yeah, is like a militant motherfucker. Yeah, he's been yeah he's been in so much, and he plays great roles in everything he's in. I think the fact that he really is Russian, you know what I'm saying? Right. Gives it's not like it's somebody doing an accent, like you know what I mean? He he brings that believability to it. Well, yeah, you you believe that he's a hard hard motherfucker. Hell you yeah! Know? I mean, like yep. like he would vodka drinking, cigar smoking. Fucking kill you with a hammer <laughs> in, in, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know what I mean, like gangster. Yeah, like for real. That's why I loved The Sopranos. See, I got to get into that one. I didn't. It was so good, dude. And it, it was, there was just it's so just, many other things that were going on at the time. It is a little slow in the beginning, but mm -hmm. just like get, you know what I mean? Like right. let it go, because that's what stopped me the first time I tried to watch it. I was like, oh, this is kind of not. This is kind of not like all like what everybody, but once you get into the gangster shit, right? Like it's fucking, and they mix it a lot with like their personal shit that's going on with them, right? But it gives you, I think, a more realistic look at it, what being a mobster is actually like. As a, I mean, cheers. We're doing shots in case yeah, you were wondering. I'm not. Fuck that. <laughs> he's smart. Uh, the one thing I've heard about the Sopranos that wasn't realistic is if if a mobster was seeing a shrink, they would have been offed. Oh yeah. 
So I think, but the, also That's in the why show, he hides it he for de- a long he, time. True, I knew that part. But then you find out that most of them are like seeing shrinks and shit, though. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a really good show. Yeah, well, I know there was because they had a couple of ex mobsters that had already, you know, served their time working as consultants, which they do that a lot. You know what I mean? Like even with having gangbangers, because that's how you know Donnie Trejo got his whole thing. You know what I mean? But uh, they said some of the depictions in that were so accurate. They were, you know, some of the mob were like they sent people to make sure that there was nobody that was, you know, telling them telling them shit. And it was like, oh no, the writers just got lucky. You know what I mean? Just got lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Ah, but uh, to to finish mine, and and I wanted to bring this up because I wasn't able to find it. I don't know if you looked, uh, but there was for after one, you know, other than the superheroes, Star Wars. By the time I reached the uh, what do they call it, uh, preteen, I had moved from Star Wars into Star Trek. But that was because there hadn't been any new. There was no. There was nothing else new. Star Wars. And it was other and than and cartoons. There, and there was no promise of it either. There sure in the hell wasn't. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, and it, yeah, there was the because there was a television show is consistent, and then mm-hmm. you had movies on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a time when we thought the original trilogy was it. Yeah, for a long that's time. That's why there were so many novels and shit that mm-hmm. like expanded the universe, and. Like, gave you a fucking plethora of fucking amazing stories. Yeah, it was almost 20 years between uh, the, the original trilogy and the prequels. Because it was 90, it was, I was in the military, so it was 98, I think, when, yeah. when uh, the first one came out. Right. Well, Luke's 18 in the first movie. Yeah. And so, he was like seven or eight. <laughs> and he was born the day that Anakin became Darth Vader. Yeah. So man eight, twin, 18 yeah. years. So there you go. But, yeah, so I got into Star Trek. But I remember watching the cartoons, the Super Friends cartoons, and this is what got me into uh, Greek and Roman mythology because I didn't know anything about it. And with my family being hardcore Christians, we didn't talk about that, you know what I mean, in my household. Uh, but there was an episode of Super Friends where Superman had to do it. Like, they ended up in... No, this is crazy though. But this, I love that show. It ended up they ended up in like uh, ancient Greece. You know what I mean? I don't know how it happened. If the Flash had done some crazy shit, but they ended up in Greece, couldn't find their way out. So the it's Gre- always the Flash, right? Yeah. Uh, so the Greek gods were like, Kill that guy, you, right? Him and Joke. Um, but they were like, you have to beat us at whatever our specialty is. So Superman had to do a feat of strength against Hercules. Mm. Flash had to ra- had to race Mercury. Superman against Hercules. Yeah, that's and, adorable. You know what I mean? And then Flash, <laughs> Flash against Mercury. Because that's Hades. And a lot, and actually, a lot of Flash's uniform comes from you know the the mythology behind Hades, Mercury mm. from you know because he ferried the souls back and forth. You know what I mean? So he had those wings on his feet. So the hellfire wouldn't burn him, and so he wouldn't have to swim. You know the river, whatever the river sticks. The river sticks. Yeah. So Flash had to go against Mercury. Wonder Woman had to fight uh, one of the Athena. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is her aunt now in the mm-hmm. DC stuff. But it, but you know what I mean. I remember I went to school the next day, and I was talking to my friends like, "Yo, did you see that episode?" And one of my teachers overheard me talking about it. And I'm using names like Zeus and Hercules and Mercury, and she was like, "All right, how the hell does this seven, eight year old?" know this you know what i mean because you you're not taking greek mythology in fucking elementary school so she took a day and you know started teaching us about stuff like that and in my day we had uh <laughs> damn that made me sound old but my grandmother my, in my day yeah. my grandmother actually had uh 
they weren't the Encyclopedia Britannica, but it was like that. It was like the world books. Yeah. We had the entire set at home. And I remember pulling them out and looking up, you know, the Greek and Roman mythology. And and that reemerged my, you know, my whole love of comic books and the fiction that went with it. Because when you think about how many, like, you know, Thor's Norse mythology, there are so many things that were taken from those time periods and made because it was, for one, it's a open, what do they call that shit? Oh. Um. Not open source. That's code. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, domain. Open to public domain. Public domain. Yeah, because you know it's hundreds of years old. You, nobody can own Hercules and Zeus and shit like that. You know what I mean? Well, then how does Marvel? They own. They own. It's, it's like they own. Like Winnie the Pooh, for example, came up to uh, public domain this year, right? Yeah, but then couldn't well, DC just make a Thor too? Yes, they could. But they'd have that'd be so fucked up. But but there is but different. It would have to be different. But yeah, but because you know what I mean, like like I said, well the the Winnie the Pooh one. So Winnie the Pooh went up to public domain. The day it went public domain, they announced that horror flick. You know what I mean? So if you wanted to do a Winnie the Pooh and turn him into a superhero or a villain, you could do it. However, if you had him with no pants on, wearing a red shirt, Disney could come after. There's been a lot of uh, alternate covers that have had poo on them, right? And uh, just poo. different versions, yeah. There's poo on them. Just poo on them. It makes <laughs> but, it more valuable. This kind of poo. <laughs> it's yeah, good yeah. poo. But it's just funny that. when things are when when it comes open to main, you know, being able to use it. And although I don't think there's an actual Thor in DC, you will find a lot of those Greek and Roman gods in both oh, yeah, of them. For sure. So there's a Hercules in DC, and there's a Hercules in Marvel. There's a Zeus in DC. There's a Zeus in Marvel. Yeah, I mean, he, but that just works everywhere, right? I mean, it would it should work in both the universes just fine because maybe not having the same fucking Thor, but like yeah, a Thor, but just like I'm sure DC probably does it in a more historically accurate way. Maybe I wouldn't go that far. Well, like I said, th- these are all fictional characters closer to the Norse mythology, right? I mean, are are sticking truer to that or certain veins maybe? Like those shows, you know, you remember Hercules and Xena and shit. Yeah, yeah, those were good shows for the time. Yeah, yeah. What I'm about, sure they're painful right. to watch now. As far as like going back to the the core of nerd nerdism, how often or have you guys played Dungeons and Dragons or role playing games? I haven't since I, I started it when I was about twelve. Uh, matter of fact, I even created my own one for uh, for Marvel because we didn't have a store where you could buy stuff like that. So I had created my own. And this was before I knew about riffs and all that other stuff, but. I played a lot as a preteen teenager. Then I stopped until adulthood. And then about 1920, I got into it again. And honestly, I would love to get into playing D&D or D&D-esque role-playing games again. I know it takes a lot of work and time, but that shit is fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And one of the things, like, you can always tell once you start really getting into it, because it goes to from the point of uh, my armored warrior swings his sword at so-and-so to becomes first person yeah it's like well now i want to do you know what i mean so it was always nice to it was fun to me to see that change as you got more engrossed in it especially without having it it's just like playing video games but it's using more of your imagination you know what's your mic what was the question you ever played D? oh or other like those style uh i mean i played that Necromunda or whatever the fuck it was with uh whenever like back in the day. Ben playing but, No. 
carrying around a, a, a felt bag full of dice. No. Yeah, I carried a backgammon board. You know what I mean? A miniature backgammon board. With I played video games. I had some of the miniatures, like the the pewter kind of painted. Mm-hmm. A lot of different. I never did anything with them. I just had a whole set of just different right dragons and cool stuff. It, it was different for me because I mean, back then you didn't let people know you were doing nerd shit. Like you know what I mean? And uh, so like I didn't. My friends weren't like. As far as I knew, weren't into that kind of shit. So, see, I, I told you guys, I just had two separate groups of friends. So, I, cause you know, I was into the hip hop, you know what I mean? So, I had my hip hop friends, and we freestyled and we wrote music and whatever. And then I had my comic book friends, you know what I mean? And, and my D&D friends. But it would be, it was funny. Even then, sometimes they would end up interchanging. You, you know, you say something, you know, you get a page or somebody would call your house, be like, hey, oh, I gotta go. Why? Well, I'm gonna go play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. Don't laugh at me, motherfucker. And then one of you know what I'm saying the oh fuck you you're playing D and D nerd fucking geek and then one of them would be like you know after the other ones left the room yeah when you going can I come <laughs> you know what I mean so there was always that crossover but yeah like you were saying it wasn't as cool to talk yeah, it about wasn't it. cool at all so did ever your D and D bros go all right I got some rhymes I got to spit no I never <laughs> remember it going the other way but I do remember you know what I'm saying some of my they would have been like oh that's cool <laughs> can we come you'd be like mm, mm. no. But but you know what's up? But that's one of the reasons I like the Wu Tang. In addition to you know the because yeah, they mix the nerd shit with hip hop mm-hmm. and it, 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 in a seamless way, very it, seamless. And it, it's well, they appreciate it's it. raw. It's raw. Right. They took it from the they culture and the, like the mythos that it was. Mm-hmm. So or, like yeah, and and I like the way they did it too because they did it where other fans would know, like comic book fans would know. Because it would have been real easy for Method Man to, you know, to run around and be like, oh, I'm Ghost Rider, Spit Flames, which he did say sometimes. But for the most part, it was Johnny Blaze. And I remember having to, you know, explain that to my friends. It was like, yo, you didn't even catch that bar, did you? And it was like, what bar? I was like, he said, I, I Spit Flames, Johnny Blaze. And they were like, well, yeah, his name's Blaze. I was like, Johnny Blaze was the Ghost Rider. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rode a motorcycle with flames and shit like that. Same way with Ghostface calling himself Tony Stark. Like they had no idea because this was pre-MCU. You know what yeah. I mean? They didn't know that Tony Stark was Iron Man. You know what I mean? So there was all those little things like that. And, the, I and mean, they made it, it cool. And it's, you know, also just their love of Kung Fu movies and shit. Is that's the that's the Wu Tang though, is mm-hmm. is their their rhymes are their kung fu. Yep. Yeah, because they you know they talk about sharpening your sword, you know what I mean, which means practicing yep. your rhymes and writing and freestyling and stuff like that. They, they That's treated, sharpening your sword. Yeah. They treated rapping like martial arts. Like martial arts. Yes. And it's like they're they're fucking samurai, they're fucking you know high level fucking kung fu masters. And now think about now think Achoo. think about the shit yeah. about that too now. Fucking Method Man's been trying to play Bishop for like the last since they did the first X Men movies. That would be good. I don't know if he well he could still pull it off body wise because he's in the bet like he was just on Men's Health. Him, Fifty Cent, and Buster Rhymes were on this month's edition of Men's Health, wearing all black looking, and he's in the middle looking buff, and they're all in their fifties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, and and Method will tell you he's in the best shape he's ever been in his entire life. You know because he he uh, he met uh, Will Smith's wife, Jada Pickett Smith. Yeah, that Red Table Talk podcast that she has, the one where she embarrassed Will. Mm-hmm. It's her, her daughter Willow, and her mother. 
and her mother was like 65, 70, and is great. She's like this fitness instructor. And Method, remember, it was like right before his 50th birthday, he was on their show, and he was like, man, I want to, you know, be in your shape. And she was like, well, I'm 70, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're 50. You can do it. And then he did it. Now Meth has his own line of, you know, uh, athletic words to Cal, to Cal Athletics. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy. And he's, you know what I mean? He'll tell you he's in the best shape he's ever been in in his 50s now. And he's a big guy. Yeah. So that would be good for uh, Bishop. For yeah. Bishop. Because yeah. he was always, like, a towering, like, mm-hmm fucking huge motherfucker yeah my point was uh because i almost forgot in a deleted scene in the first iron man movie ghostface is in it Mm. it got pulled for time and it's like it's actual ghostface talking to uh talking to tony uh robert downey jr it got pulled so because they pulled it um what's what's the dude's name that plays happy that directed the first one John Favreau. Yeah, that does Mando and shit. Uh, he made sure that they, so when they're on that plane, when he's talking to Rhodey, you know what I mean? Rhodey's like, you know, I'll change a diaper whenever you have to. He's like, no, I'm not going to drink because we're working. Uh, yeah, and then, that th- part is the best. And then when it takes off, they're drunk and it's got the... the they got strippers and shit. Stri- and they're not even strippers. They're the... A the flight attendants. Flight attendants. There's a music video in the background that's ghost-faced and, and uh, uh, old dirty. And you can clearly see them in the because it's where the strippers are. There, the pole is in front of that. So they put that in there because, and Marvel has never sued, you know, never did a cease and desist to to Ghostface about using Iron Man. You know what I mean? And I always thought that, that was dope too because they could have quickly put a stop to that shit. Because Smith and Wesson did it with Smith Smith and Wesson, the the rap group, but Marvel never, you know, was like, nope, you can't do this. Nope, you can't do that. Because they're but. Well, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. <laughs> a little bit more redneck. <laughs> Smith and Wesson is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, it's uh, they're not so much hip hop fan fans. I'm sure. No, but I mean, but yo, but thinking about that, I mean, early on in Ghost's career, like the cover to his album, well, the inside cover, it wasn't like that on the outside cover, but had uh, somebody had drawn uh, a picture. Of Iron Man's armor was black and white, but instead of having the arc reactor, it had the Wu Tang symbol there. And you know, they never was like Marvel was like, nah, take that out of the album. You can't do that. And it said Ghostface as Tony Stark's on the cover. No, don't do that. So I thought it was cool that you know they put him in there. That was that was a big deal to me. That was a very big deal to me, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, you love Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, this doesn't just apply to like cartoons or comic books or we all have our love of music in one way or another. Oh yeah. Me and Sean lean more towards hip hop. You're more like punk. But he does like that. that's he that's does that's do. my origins. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Though. It's like what made you a fan of music? And, and, music, and I'm sure music is, I'm, is it's like finding your pulse. It's like finding your heartbeat. I mean, the, well, I mean, it really is too. As far it's, there, as like where it comes from, and, and like I have a very, as far as like creative side, almost a spiritual sense with music. As far as uh, there's a White Stripe song, "Little Room," and it's like it, and it's basically about when you're on the stage, you have to remember what it was like to be rehearsal when it was just you and the amp and you and the music. Mm-hmm. And I think I take you have to be in tune with yourself. You have to be in tune with your instrument. You have to be in tune with like almost like the earth, 
you and then and then you're in tune with your audience and then the mm-hmm. bigger audience and then if it's only when you're in tune with everything else then it actually works and that's why i think ego and everything else just gets in the gets in the way it's like finding your own rhythm and oh, that's making, one of the, one of 10 million things that can get in the way it's like finding your own rhythm and then making other people feel it too well it's, i tell people all the time as much as i love rapping or singing you know what i'm saying being in front of a crowd, it's not quite the same as being a DJ. And they're always like, what do you mean? I was like, well, for one, the money's better. <laughs> you know what I mean? There could be a million DJs, and there's always going to be a need for more. I was like, but rappers, especially good rappers, are a dime a dozen. And e- oh. and even more so, the crowds that appreciate them, especially if you're a relatively unknown or if you're a local artist. You know what I mean? It's a different set. Like, I've opened for Eminem. I've opened for... D12, a couple of different Wu-Tang artists, uh, Game, The Game, you know, some pretty big name people. I've got an Eminem question for you. Keep, keep, keep right. going. But, but uh, the my favorite time opening up, or wasn't even opening up, it was a local concert we did here, uh, SMK, my old crew here in town, that we did at the fairgrounds in the industrial building. And we had that place packed. And it was all, you know I mean? We didn't have a star. Not, there wasn't a B-lister or a C-lister even. It was all local acts performing and i remember getting on stage and us doing our songs like our four best known songs and being able to stop and put the mic out to the crowd and, and the crowd starts saying the words to your songs like that was the best feeling of my entire life and like i said i've been in some big stages like the, the ford wyoming center you know what i mean i've been in front of thousands of people but the best time i ever had was a crowd of maybe 500 that all knew the words to my own song that was a great feeling Mm-hmm. And DJing is like that almost all the time. You know what I mean? You have 100, 200 people, you know what I mean? And But it's not your music. You're playing somebody else's music, and it's like, all right, if I play all skeet, skeet, you know what I mean? I can stop the music, and everybody be like, oh, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's not the same. Like, I'm controlling the crowd because I'm playing a song to make them do that, but it's a totally different feeling when it's your music making them do that. Mm-hmm. And that's almost like a, I tell people that's the best high ever. Like I don't care if you smoke weed, smoke crack, fucking drink. There's nothing like the feeling of adrenaline on being on stage with a crowd that is actually rocking with you. Imagine now being someone that has crowds of hundreds of thousands of people. Oh man, that's got to be the and, best. Drug and ever. they're all fucking singing your shit. That's a dream. Like I've that had that dream. Be, <laughs> that would be insane. That's my that 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 was my dream as a child, you know what I mean? That was my dream as a child. It still is. What are you talking about? Are you right? I, I'm not. You're 100 percent right. Yo, yeah. Yo, Tom Bien. Especially yeah. if it's something that you wrote. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Because there's plenty of people out Cheers. there, I'm sure that are, you know, entertainers. Right. But they're singing shit that they're not writing. Exactly. And I think that may and, and we and we get it. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with it. But I I'm just saying the feeling has got to be completely different to to some degree. Like I'm sure. So what if you're the fucking nameless guy that wrote all the songs and just sitting in the crowd oh, watching? I know. The, 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 I know that's. I, you know, I think we we've I, I don't we've had this because con- we kind of got off the comic book aspect. But I mean, we've had this conversation before. The difference between the money, because a lot of times the writers of those songs are getting more, a lot more money than the people that are performing performing them anyway. Whether it's you know the whole point system where like if you sell a hundred million records, you get a hundred million dollars. However, you know what I mean. 
Um, so there, there's been a lot of times where the artists didn't even own, you know, the songs and they weren't getting shit. You know what I mean? Like you think about how many songs that Britney Spears performed that she didn't write. Or what about Michael Jackson buying all the rights to the Beatles songs? Yeah. When one of his friends, it was his friend that told you, know, Paul McCartney told him that Yeah, you know, early on in his career as an adult, he was like, you know, the, 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 the money, money the juice is behind owning the music. Not just making the music, uh-huh. <laughs> and then he went out and bought the Beatles catalog. He, he, you know, he jo- Michael Jackson joked to Paul McCartney, "He's like, well, I'm gonna go buy your songs." And then Paul McCartney's like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." Yeah, but he and gave him, a, but he gave him a number. That was the problem. He, he gave him a number, and this is I have never checked this story. But I, it, saw, I saw an interview on Twitter or a uh, fuck, uh, chat, no, yeah, <laughs> Facebook or something, uh, no, but uh, Twitter. Uh, yeah. X. smart. But he said, you know, well, $50 million. Like he threw this, and this is the 80s, early 80s. He threw this a large number and he was like, all right, here's 125 mil. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right. He's got it. Yeah. But, but, but that's why I always used to laugh, like, you know, right after he died when they were still talking all that shit about him. It was like, oh, he was broke. I was like, you do realize Michael Jackson owns the. Uh, ownage, what do they call it when you own the most? The percentage stock of Sony. So anytime Jay-Z made an album, he got paid. Anytime Beyonce made an album, he got paid. He owned the entire Beatles catalog. He got paid. This man cannot go broke. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Literally can't. Yeah, the, they said the amount of money he was making per month was like what a McDonald's makes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah. That'd be the shit. I mean, I, I you know I'd like to be rich, but I don't know if I'd like to be wealthy. That rich, yeah, because I don't even have dreams like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I'd like to have a couple of cars and maybe a mansion, but can you imagine having a fleet of cars? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I can. The older I get, the I I think I'd be I because I want to be a good person, and this is one of, another thing that's lost on me. You can tell my generation, our generation, more like you see. So many good characters that they were just good. You all, you always wanted to be the hero, and now, like you see, you have games like Grand Theft Auto. You know what I'm saying? Where you're the bad guy, you're beating up hookers and you're taking money, and the bad boy characters. You know what I mean? Like your Batman's, your Wolverines, and sometimes even straight up villains are the most popular. Yeah, are more popular. It was not like that. Like Harley you, Quinn. Yeah, it's crazy how Joker. that how how that shifted. You know what I mean? Yeah, people. I mean. I think the two super good is just so far out of the realm of like real that somebody who's a little more human and those flawed characters are much more interesting than someone like Superman, like Superman or even Captain Cap, America. Yeah, I was not I a mean, Cap fan as a kid, but I mean, I am now. Oh, I, I am mean, now. Obviously, like those movies are incredible, but yeah. That's a lot to do with Chris Evans and his ability to do that. And like, I remember when they casted him, My and, I, and, I, and I was like, "What the fucking not another teen movie guy?" And he was—he had also already done Johnny Storm, right? Which he nailed. Yeah, he was great in that, but he was completely different. Yeah, which you know, I mean, so you're seeing him in these more funny, like comedy type roles. And then going into and then and then he goes and be I'm like how is he gonna be? Steve, and he pulled it off. Steve and like yeah, he's incredible. Like he was perfect. He was the he was the one person I was scared of when they announced. 
I was like, I'll never be able to see him as anything other than Johnny Storm. Because he epitomized, like, like how I say Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man, because in my mind, he is what I expected Spider-Man from when I was reading in the 90s to look like and sound like both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So, you know what I mean? That's how I, like, he did Johnny, Johnny Storm justice. So I was like, I can't see him as Captain America. And then by the time that first film was over, I was like, all right, he's, he's Captain America. America. And then by the time the yeah. second one was out, I was like, what? what? Wait a minute, Fantastic what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it wasn't even a memory yeah, anymore. Yeah, you don't even think about yeah. that. You don't even think about him as Johnny Storm. But like, you know what? I Like, we've, most of his first movies, at least. Because he was almost the best part of those movies. Yeah. Fantastic Four. He was hey, the best he, part. You better calm down. I like those movies, so. It, yeah, but he was I still the best part. I will not have any uh, bad talk. Was, I'm not... They're all right for what they were. Yes, at the that's time. exactly the it. They're great for what they are, and he was just still leave the, it at that. He was the best. He was the best all around character in those films. There's still just a little era of spandex smell, but you know, yeah. Hmm. But like I said, I, I when you think about I, my biggest problem, I, I even think dude that played a uh, Reed Richards did a great job. Yeah. You know what I mean? I but they were all good. I did not think my baby Jessica Alba was not good. Yes, no, she's terrible. Random. I ran into uh, Trin at the grocery store. He said hello. Oh, yeah, I saw him the other day. Nice. What yeah. he, did you high five him? No, handshake. Oh, it took me a minute to kind of. <laughs> it's like I know this guy. Yeah, he was on the show. Yeah, and I'm like, a long time ago now. That was a good show. I like that or a good subject. Mm-hmm. Which was he was uh, he he lost his cousin. Oh shit! Well, he didn't lose him. He, or, I mean, he didn't lose him. He <laughs> he got lost in the woods and never. It just got, uh, kind it of vanished. Was, it was in um like uh, Arizona or Arizona or something like that. Uh, and like yeah, he kind of wandered off, and they never found him. Yeah, yeah he never did. shit. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go like take some pictures over here. How old was he? Was like twenties. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, yeah, young guy that you would. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna go like over here to like his uncle. Just go explore, or and I just think it was his shit. uncle, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's all, I'll be like right back, and then never, just gone without a fucking trace. Yeah, that's weird. Damn. I mean, it was in like a, like a national park kind of setting, right. so a big place, but still. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yep, Trent's a good dude. Love that guy. Love you guys too. Oh, likewise, man. You know that. I'm not even drinking. Glad, glad you made it here today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Well, what we can say is, yo, this is this is our uh, this is our uh, shrink room. You know what I mean? Well, it's like therapy. I think. It's like we were talking about that with Ming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were talking to him and just, you know, this is sort of like therapy, just sitting around and like talking. I mean, we do look at the phones for reference here and there. Uh, yeah, but mostly we're just sitting here talking. And I don't know how many people actually do this where you just sit and talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you think about that? Like, in your life, how often do you just sit and talk to somebody like this? For this amount of time, not rare. You know what I mean? My conversations are 
10 minutes and shorter. So, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's like you don't really get that chance to sit around and, like, it, we're pretty, I don't know, if like, if you're religious. I mean, I know you're religious, mm-hmm. but it's like I think blessed is a good just general term anyway because, I th- and I think we are in this. It's like we have, you know, the same interests. We all have the passion to sit here and talk about it and make a show about it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're lucky to, like, have each other, don't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that sit and don't have any friends or they don't have, like, people. Or an outlet even to, you know what I'm saying, to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Or to be themselves. Exactly. Yeah, you I, don't know even... so many, yeah, I know so many Sometimes people. Sometimes you got to fight for it. Yeah, gotta fight. You do. You gotta, gotta. Even every day, sometimes in your own head, you gotta mm-hmm. keep on. I fight me all the time. We all fight our own selves. That's what you know. We're all yeah. our own worst enemy. That's like what me not almost making it was about. You know what I mean? But it's like at the end of the day, you do gotta just you know count your blessings because and keep pushing. Because, like, sometimes you can lose perspective mm-hmm. and, like, start to think everything is shit and, like... You for, you think you forget about the people that have so much less, that complain less. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you see that and then you feel like... Almost like a shit person for, like, even feeling the way you do. It's like you feel bad for having your feelings... And you're like, this guy that's got, like, literally nothing mm-hmm. isn't bitching as much as I am. And that, like, that, you know what I mean? Yep. I saw a guy walking in the rain. This was probably two weeks ago. And when I don't have my kids with me, I'm more apt to pick somebody up, you know what I mean, that I don't know. You know what I mean? If I'm walking by a stranger and it's snowing or some shit like that. I don't, you know, I'm too afraid to put my kids in jeopardy over some shit that doesn't, you know what I mean, over a stranger, I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are my kids. I'm supposed to put them first. But I was driving down the street, and I saw this guy walking in the rain, and I was like, do I want his wet ass in my Hummer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And then I made it like a quarter of a block. I was like, what the fuck was that thought? You know what I mean? You, you. There have been times where your license was spent. I even had a car, but I couldn't drive it for fear of going to jail. You or know what I mean? You were him. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, I, and, and my car definitely wasn't what it is now. You know what I mean? So it was like... Yeah, so I turned around. I was like, hey, you know what I mean? Do you need a ride? Blah, 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 He was like, nah, my house is right over there. You know what I mean? But, but, but it was just the fact that, like, he wasn't unhappy about being wet. Or, you know what I mean? I'd have been pissed the hell off. Like, if I've got to run from a building to my car and I get soaked, I'm mad. You know what I mean? And just, just seeing his whole outlook, it was like, oh, yeah, my house is right there. I'll walk the other block in this fucking rainstorm. And it's like, man, I wish, you know what I mean, I was that person that could, you know what I mean, just be joyous about a shitty situation all the time so you can't always help the way you think and it's not always good to feel bad you know what i mean you shouldn't feel guilty for having emotions but when you do have those you know when you get that reality that man so-and-so doesn't have what i have or i have a friend that didn't wake up or so-and-so's mother just died or their kid just died you know what i mean there was a, a regular at my bar um that passed away a week ago you know we just did a uh fundraiser for him on saturday and you know what i mean this he was a kid to me. He was 23, 24 years old. Has kids. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow. I'm 47 years old. Grew up in Flint, Michigan, where I wasn't supposed to survive. You know what I mean? And here I am now. My Three of my kids are grown, full adults. I'm living a pretty great life in music, which is what I like doing, you know, working in the radio. 
doing this with you guys. And it's like, man, there's motherfuckers that didn't wake up and I'm sitting here mad because, you know, blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. It's like, sometimes you I, need those. I wish I, there are things that I wish were different. Like, I wish I could be doing different work that I, than I do. It's not like I have a bad job, but it's not right. like what I'm passionate about. So that would be cool if I could, you know, expand my horizons that way. I need to figure out how I can do that. But well, yeah, it's never too never too late to start. You know what I mean? And it's also never too late to start over again. Like when I, I tell people all the time, you know how many times I've had to start from the bottom with the DJ shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time I move to a new city that's more than 30 minutes away, I've had to start over. Because even if, even well, for one, we didn't have the internet like that from the time I went to Japan to D.C., to Flint, to here, but even if I did, wouldn't nobody care to look up what I was doing 10 years ago in Flint or what I was doing 20 years ago in D.C.? I had to start over, but I don't regret starting over, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you have to get that hunger to get you to, you know, mm -hmm. get you to move forward. So if one thing I could tell anybody else, if you have a dream and you haven't gone for it yet, do it. Just start. Yeah. Start doing something. Yeah, because either, either you'll succeed or you'll learn. There's no such thing as failure, you know what I mean? You learn from whatever you did. I like to look at stand-up comedians and the way that I approach my approach and my thought process on like what we're doing here every right. time we come here. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Every time a stand-up comedian goes to a club and does their that same set they've been trying to do or right trying to nail a a joke or like and they go Punch and work. That's how they work on their shit. Is mm -hmm. They go weekly. Two clubs and like you sometimes know, daily. Sometimes, oh yeah, yeah. And sometimes they eat shit mm -hmm. really bad on stage, and it's like, but you keep doing it until like you get better. It's something you can't fake. Yeah. And I feel like this is that too. I, I feel like this is something you can't fake either. And it's like also from when we started, mm -hmm. it's like me and Bill were mm -hmm. not super great at this, <laughs> right? And, like, who knows if we are or not now, but I think we're better yeah. than we used to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's, I guess it's not for me to say if we're good or not, but... Yeah, you know if you're um, shit, too. You know what I mean? Well, I'm passionate about it, and I care about... That's why when I'm, like, shitty drunk, and this is why I'm not doing shots right now, right. I can't, like, yeah. do that anymore. Right. I care too much about this and, like, not looking like an idiot to... And when I do shots and shit, I can't, like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I got a problem with not realizing having, having just one. It kind of sucks. But again, but anyway. when, when you know, you know what I'm saying, it's one of the reasons why I never, you know what I mean, when I had friends that were doing coke, or there's also why I didn't ever try weed that I was 22. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's because I was scared of what my personality would, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get addicted or hooked to anything. And honestly, I think comic books saved me in a way, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't out getting drunk every day or fucking buying weed or on the block with my gangster friends, you know what I mean? It was like, yo, I'd rather spend 50 bucks, or in my case, it was like $25 a week at the comic. And this is when they were a buck 25, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? In 94, 93, I'd rather spend my money on that than risk getting shot up doing this. Well, and I'm that. thinking, like, what I, the point was, was that like putting in the reps mm -hmm. and I, that's what I think about 
all of this as every time we do a show it's another rep like and we're we're just trying to get better and better all the right. time and but just me personally and i i think bill thinks similarly right like he doesn't um and i think probably you do too and it's like uh you can't there's no way to get good at something like this or like something like stand up or something like repetition or like music or something to be really skilled at a thing right or whatever it is or whatever your dream is there's no way to get it without working for it and like putting in the reps and like yeah and it, it shouldn't feel like work if it feels like work then it's not the right thing exactly and yeah, i tell people like that every you should day just, yeah. you should be just like constantly like your brain just won't stop mm -hmm. thinking about it and you're just always thinking about how can i be better at this facts i had when i first started dj and the guy that taught me this is 1996 actually uh we were just joking around uh and we had a team at this point there were four of us and I remember we were talking about, man, you're the best, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, I might be the best out of you guys because, you know, I'm training you guys. He was like, but you will never hear me say I'm the best DJ. And these are his exact words almost verbatim. He was like, because there's always something more to learn. And he was like, when if you ever feel like you're the best, that's when you should quit. Because that means there's nothing else for you to learn or your mind is cut off. Because and. I've been DJing for 27 years, you know what I mean? And there's forever a new technique and there's something new that's coming out. And I didn't understand that when he told me that, but that was one of the realest pieces of information somebody ever gave me that goes on to real life, not just DJing, you know what I mean? If you ever think you're the best at something, whether it's eh, sort there's an sometimes sometimes that kind of bravado can be good for like some people, somebody there's, like there's, there's, somebody a, there's, like there's Connor, an expression. There's like Connor's a, a lost too. Connor McGregor. Yeah, but sure. I mean, but the way he handles those those defeats, he's a dick. Well, sure he is. <laughs> my, but, but here's my thing. Like, like there's but it nothing served him there, well. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with being sure of yourself or being confident in yourself, and even being a little cocky. Because we often say, if you're going to be in the radio business, you kind of have to be a little bit, especially if you're an on air personality. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be a dick to everybody you meet, but you kind of have that level, you know what I mean? A little bit of an ego. Yeah, maybe. a little bit of an ego, a little bit of bravado. But again, like I said, if if I ever thought that I was the best, period, I'm not saying I think if you think you're the best in a city or the best in a town or the best out of a group of 10, that's still, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's levels to everything. Exactly. It's not like I I know I'm far from being the best DJ that ever walked the earth. There are so many different things that I still need to learn, that I still want to learn, and things that didn't even exist when I first started learning. So Right. There's an old expression, I'm probably screwing it up, but it's the the idiot in the room is all almost the wisest of all. Because he can he knows observe that he, he knows he, that he knows nothing. And he can observe everything as it is rather than how he thinks it is. Mm -hmm. So being able to kind of step back. And so it's better it, to and, learn nothing. And it, I think also like the other, you know, you never know if you're the teacher or the student. Right. You know, and I think being even, I think as like somebody who's kind of considered teaching as a profession or at one point in time, mm -hmm. if I were ever to app and really take that role, I'd have to know that I'm always in the constant process of learning mm -hmm. too. I think and, that's and a, it, that's as that's a student, one thing. a student of nerdism or music or whatever, right? I think that's one profession you can't you shouldn't go into with an ego or 
any kind Sorry. of. Oh, fuck not, because you're always going to be the oldest. But you do have like, prof- <laughs> you do have like professors and shit that, you know, probably teach in that way where they're like, you oh, know, yeah. they're, they're not open to learn from their students. They know all. And it's like. I would have to just be quirky because otherwise I think that's I just probably fail. the best way to teach is to always be a student yourself. Yeah. It's like a, everybody should be a student. A lifelong learner. That's something Neil. Degra- whatever you're Neil deGrasse about. Tyson said. Yeah. Was like, you should always try or something like he. He said something along the lines as you should, const you should never like learning shouldn't stop after school. No, it and that doesn't doesn't mean like academically. Yeah. It just means you should keep learning, and keep like growing. And just don't stagnate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, like, I didn't even like history in school. And it wasn't that I didn't, you know, wasn't able to spit out what they taught me. It was just boring to me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like math and science because there was things that you were actually doing. It wasn't just regurgitating something that you had read and or learned. Uh-huh. You were actually applying it. You know what I mean? So those were my two. But once once oh, I... Once you get to the applying, that's where it's yeah. like... But I mean, but there was the like pay, things that they payday. didn't even really teach. Like, yeah. they didn't teach us too much about the Holocaust, just like they didn't teach black history, you know what I mean, other than in February. But we knew the Holocaust, we knew it was bad, we knew it was German, Jewish people, but there was like a lot of stuff I did not know until, you know what I mean, I was an adult and did my own study and, you know what I mean, and it was just like, wow, yo, that's dope. Why didn't they teach us that, you know? I think I was very blessed to have a lot of good teachers that did break those lines mm-hmm. and did kind of push those, those boundaries mm-hmm. that the textbooks wouldn't. I think I've even had college professors that would say, now, legally, we're supposed to teach you this. Right. Hint, hint. Right. Read between the lines. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, so I think I was very fortunate in that. that I, had, I had some teachers like that, at least in high school. The one thing I tell people all the time is the Flint School District and compared to like Wyoming and Missouri, it's bottom of the barrel. And you got to think about the people that were, I mean, you know, their lives were on the leg. We had metal detectors in my school. You know what I mean? That you had to walk into every day. You know what I mean? Because you know, it was the late 80s, early 90s. Gang violence was really bad in that area. So for one, for a teacher to even want to be there was a big one. But to actually Dangerous want to. Minds. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really it was that. Lean on me. Dangerous minds. That's how my school was. And when I tell people that, they're like, what? Until they meet somebody else from my town. Until and Michelle like, Pfeiffer showed up and changed his life. <laughs> <laughs> or Morgan Freeman, if it was lean on me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean it's crazy. That movie one eight seven. Oh yeah, that's like that, but the dark version. Yeah, the end of that movie is so fucked up. It's like Deer Hunter. Have you seen that movie, Will? Can we reach? Have you seen one eight seven? No. Oh man. Sam Jackson, he does the same thing as Dangerous Minds, but instead of like changing the kids, he fucking just loses his shit and starts. He goes like uh, Deer Hunter. He you remember that yeah. scene with the he really did that. They referenced Deer Hunter in that in a movie. Yeah, he kind of goes. I've never vig- seen Deer Hunter either. He kind of goes vigilante and he cuts this dude's finger off and does a bunch of all this like crazy shit. Sounds like. And then at the end they play Russian roulette and he mm-hmm. just he just blows his head off in front of him. And, and the same thing happened in Deer Hunter. And it wasn't even his turn, so the kids like. And he was like, "Yeah, wow, don't be scared." Yeah, he's no. The kids like it was. It was my turn, and his boys are like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." He's like, "It was my turn," and he grabs the gun and blows his head off too. 
It's a fucking crazy movie. I, I've seen that movie once, and that should show you yeah, how good it was, and I remember that. Yeah. One one time, that was at least 20 it's years like ago. It's like the first time you saw Training Day, right? Oh, man. It's like, you you never forget. Like Yeah, facts. Yeah. I told you Training... King Kong ain't got shit on me. I told you that's loosely based on a true story. Mm-hmm. It's based on a real person. The character that uh, he played is uh, a real cop... Uh, that was involved in the shooting of Biggie. Mm. I found that out years later. And he even looks like him. Like his dress with chains and the hats and the shit like that was based. Like he looks just like the cop. It was insane. And Eva Mendez is in it. <sighs> Except for this guy's Puerto Rican, which is why he could speak he Spanish. Cuban I mean, B? He... <laughs> Every time you do that. <laughs> That's a silly movie that I love, I man. I love that movie, yeah. Word. Where are we at? Oh. About uh, 124. Really? Feels like yeah. longer. Yo, what was the Eminem question you were going to ask me? Oh. oh, yeah. Actually, both of you. Going back to like kind of nerd talk. I forget what song, but he says, you're my Gwen Stacy. So when she, he was talking about like some girl, is as she mentioned it, you're my Gwen Stacy. So when I hear that, I hear that's a woman that I could not save, and she died while I tried saving. That's probably what he meant. Yeah, yeah, I would and, guess. And I think, I mean, because he's never writing some shit that doesn't have something behind. I mean, not never, but that but that he, that's but, pretty damn specific yeah. to that cause. But and he's, as far he's as that, that level of MC, that he would make that reference, and, and he would also do his research. And he wouldn't yeah. just mean, yeah, oh, you're my Gwen Stacy, you're my boo. Yeah. He would. He would know he would that literally she died, mean yeah. that I tried to save you and lost yeah, you. That's, right. That's what he. Or would. she just died while he was trying to get with her. Like, there's multiple meanings, but yeah. I, I guarantee you the or reference. He, or he just broke her. Yeah. Like, Maybe. Yeah. I, guess, I, I yeah. think. Uh, I, damn. I, now I'm gonna have to go research that. But it's one of his more popular songs too. Uh, I can't I, remember. I can't either. I, I don't remember him saying that. And it's. Um, and that's crazy to me because it couldn't was another born a lie to tell my unborn child. Yeah, it did, did. It was, it's the one with fucking Ed Sheeran. Oh, no wonder I didn't know that one because I didn't like that song. <laughs> I don't. I I remember the song. I'll look it up. I, I think that's it. Probably because that was one of because that one and the one with Rihanna are probably like his two newest radio songs. Yeah, I'll look that one up. But yeah, there's a, there's a Spider Man reference. Hmm. That I'd never noticed that before. Huh. You know, some of uh, Eminem's best shit is, you know, like his shit on Tim Westwood. Oh, them freestyles? Yeah. <sighs> what the fuck? Oh, man. I This is one of the things I, this is one of the things that I don't like about a lot of the, your Spotify's and Apple Music's now, which I, I love how they do it, that we even have the ability to have the vast majority of everything that's ever been released at our fingertips. But during the fucking LimeWire and even like Napster days, and even before that, just like, you remember when each artist had their own website, which a lot of them have them now, but the record labels are running them. But uh, especially with hip hop, there were, there were these freestyles that they would do on the radio you know what I mean? And you used to be able to go and listen to them. Now, now you can probably go to the radio stations page and find them. But there used to be a whole list of these freestyles. And you used to be able to download them. You can't get them now because, of course, they were using other people's beats. And But I, I miss that era. Because that, that's when I think hip-hop was raw 
Because, you know what I mean? You, you weren't just getting these crappy-ass songs that people were throwing out. You were getting... But it was also live in the moment on radio, too. Yeah. And as far as, like, the medium of radio. Yeah. I mean, to be, was like, so... in New York at the time oh. of that, fuck. I, yo, I tell people... Well, Tim Westwood's in England. London. Yeah. In, or England. It, so, but, but the same. But yeah. it's a really famous show, but... He's the most one famous of, hip-hop show in London. One of his coldest lines, period, was on Tim Westwood, and he says something like... Uh, Nails into my face that I'm, or I'm still pushing. Hellraiser, my face is my pincushion. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I wouldn't say like, that was I, he's got. He's had so many bars. I like, just loved that because I'm a big Hellraiser fan, right? And I, but, and I was like, man, that's fucking. Just like, who thinks of that? That's so crazy. He, had, I, I remember when I got locked up for driving a suspended license. Fucking, we had cable, but they took most of the really good states channels off. So we got we got VH1, but they got rid of MTV. They're still Viacom. I, I don't get the meaning behind it. They took like uh, the, the Fleetwood Mac versus Run DMC. <laughs> they, they, yeah, right. They took uh, they took like the kids stations off, which I get if there were you know uh, pedophiles and stuff in there. It was, but it was still crazy. We could still watch movies like, you know, Underworld. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were the TV versions, but still, it was crazy how they decided what they were going to edit out. But I remember, uh, one of Biggie's post, what do they call it? After you're dead. And they put an album out. It's not post-mortem, but same post is in there. Posthumous. Is that it? I don't know. Anyway, Bad Boy Records had put off another one of Biggie's albums where they put you know a bunch of rappers on it that were alive and hot and there's a one they called dead wrong that has eminem on it and oh my goodness that's one of his lyrically best verses ever uh and i remember they used to a lot of people in that were in my cell because uh, we were open squad base it was like a hundred of us fucking had never heard the song so like once a week they would have me spit it you know what i mean and then i'd break down what all the lines went but he was like i wish i could remember how it started but it was, it was just an insane amount of how he put his words together with so many metaphors and similes. And it was like, yo, if you if you're hating on Eminem, you can't you can't like hip-hop. every fucking word uttered in his raps has meaning. Yeah, there's been like some he, shit. Yeah, I had to go back and listen to it. It's like I didn't even catch that at first. But as far as you were talking about radio, one of the biggest things I ever got a chance to be a to, to live and be there when it happened was uh, the big Nas and Jay-Z beef. Oh, yeah. I just happened to have been in it. This is when I was in the Marines, so I was stationed in D.C., and uh, New York was only who's, about... Who's, you got Nas? Huh? Oh, Nas won that. Well, I'm saying, were you r- rooting for Nas? Because um, Jay-Z's great, too. I, I, I think I was rooting for Jay at the time, just because he was the bigger artist. I like Nas more as an MC overall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But Jay, at that point in time, this was like during, uh, like right after Hard Knock Life had come out. Right. So that album, like him and DMX were like at the top of hip hop at that point. Both of them had dropped like two albums, like one in January and one in December, and they both went fucking platinum. It was insane. He had. But Jay Z also had Kanye backing him at the time. Well, yeah, but Kanye wasn't as big. He did like two. Most of it was another guy. Jay Kanye did. Kanye. What did we do? What? Kanye did do a couple of beats, but it wasn't until H to the Izzo that Kanye blew up. That was his first platinum yeah, track. But blueprint, regardless, the blueprint, yeah. Album. I was in New York City, and and I was there for don't say it, the Puerto Rican Day Festival, because <laughs> my roommate was Puerto Rican. <laughs> Go ahead. Cuban <I> beef. 
uh, but I remember we were listening to a. Oh, what's the what's the hell's the name of that? It's the the big hot whatever radio station in New York City. They have the 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 podcast and the live they stream every day. Funk Master Flex and the Breakfast Club, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I remember I was there, and they released the uh, the Takeover by Jay Z, and that's where he was going at Mob Deep and Nas and it was just like ooh. And then like four hours later, they played Ether. And I remember like they were having people call in. Who do you think won? Who do you think won? And when the takeover dropped, everyone was like, oh, Jay-Z. It was like 90% Jay-Z. After Ether dropped, it was like, man, Hov's my man, but Nas got this one. It, it was it was crazy. In four hours, the entire city had flipped. And it was, to be able to have lived that, like it was one thing to if you were, you know, buying the albums and you were watching it online. But to be in NYC when that happened, that's one of the biggest things hip-hop-wise in my memory banks was just insane. Yeah. Insane. I'll never forget that. I bet. Because Nas is not, like, I mean, he's fucking hip-hop royalty as far as I'm concerned. I, yo, yeah. honestly, yo, when they say the illest lyricists that are alive, so that's taking Pac and Big out of the equation because they're dead. Philosopher's about to speak. Huh? A follow-up philosopher who's about to speak. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But I would definitely say Nas, J, and M were probably three of the best lyricists alive. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's you KRS and your Rakims, you know what I mean? The classic ones that brought it, you know what I mean? Rakim probably brought the multi-level shit to hip-hop, you know, the multi-syllable rhymes and stuff like that. But Nas, J, and M have, have like, in, 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 my, in my adult years, my favorite has switched between those three. Now, I love the Wu-Tang overall. There will never be another group bigger than Wu-Tang. Not Run DMC, not Beastie Boys. I don't give a fuck. I would say Snoop is up there, but uh, as far Snoop, as like lyrically, he I mean, is. And I remember Snoop used to freestyle. Like he would get on Arsenio Hall and freestyle. Beasties just got their new corner in New York. Yeah, they did. They got a corner dedicated to the Beastie Boys. They oh, should. Yeah. Wu Tang got one. They got theirs last year. Uh, but yeah, as my adult years, when somebody asked me who my favorite was, it is gone between those three. That's somebody that no nobody ever fucks with about like uh, cultural appropriation or anything. Is the Beastie Boys? Everybody like they can't. They got to pass. Well, they can't. They you know what I mean. They were some of the originators as far as it as far as hip hop. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. When you think about hip hop coming into the world, it was Def Jam that did it. So Run DMC, Beastie Boys, LL Cool J. You know what I mean. Like there were rappers before that, but not that were. Def Jam was the first hip hop record label when there weren't hip hop ra- radio stations, even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So of course the Beasties are going to get get a pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you will never hear. You know what I'm saying? Like they get more of a pass than Eminem gets. Eminem gets a lot of hate, and I blame a lot of that on the fact that we have the internet now. But there's not once you will never hear anybody say, "Oh, the Beastie Boys were appropriating black music." Never will you ever hear that being there, there said. There will, but yeah, I'm sure you would. Hear I, I it think somewhere, I, but. one thing I think is important to note about the Beastie Boys is the relation of this punk rock subculture and the hip hop yes. subculture. Right, they were mixing genres, and, and and they fit so well together. Mm-hmm. And even like, uh, like there's a, a YouTuber. Um, to a lemon, but that. All the new punk rock is actually all hip hop mm-hmm. because you just need a mic and a, and a software to kind of produce beats. Mm-hmm. You, you don't fucking need anything else. It's just you and the computer and the beat and just be able to kind of crank things out and do it yourself. And you still and need a guitarist, I think. <laughs> for for punk or whatever, I think you still need some sort of musical. But they played their own you know, instruments. Melodic, melodic. 
Yeah. Egg raid, egg raid on Mojo. I can't talk. We are, there was a, especially during like the Limp Biscuit era of, you know what I'm saying, that pop punk, there were like, there were more DJs in rock music at that time than there were doing live hip hop sets. Like you would not see, a, you know what I mean? You did not see a rock band from that era that didn't have a live DJ. You know what I mean? From Limp Biscuit to uh, what's the one that had that fucking humongous uh, percussion section? Where the the where where the masks? Oh, fuck, Juggalos? No, hell no! Don't <laughs> don't get beat up. <laughs> no, they're 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 a rock band and almost heavy metal. Oh, Slipknot. Slipknot. Thank you. Yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, they're they had them. two DJs and like this humongous percussion section. Well, they got nine members, just like Wu Tang. Yeah, well, I didn't know it was exactly nine, but yeah. yeah. But Slipknot, yo, seeing them like I wasn't even a fan of that type of music, and I saw them live. Because a couple of my boys dragged me out to the show, and I was like, holy shit, this is wow. And then... So seeing a band live versus... It, Corey Taylor so different. is a motherfucking really talented He's a dude. savant as far as yeah. like personality. He is the... Now, who the hell is he? He's, he's uh, the lead singer of Slipknot. Slipknot. Okay. All right, he's like no Dave Grohl level of as far as influence goes. Word. Okay. Well, I yeah, know. I mean, he is legit. Like, he's a god basically in the metal world. I like think. Ozzy Osbourne okay. kind of level. I mean, but his as... his level of talent at writing music, though, is he also has uh, Stone and, Sour. Is yeah, I knew that. Band. And check, check him out doing SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Yeah, just doing that. That that that's all you need. All right. Word. Just make your day better. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Slipknot doing SpongeBob SquarePants. Right, oh, them singing out. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. live. Nice. At a show, he just starts singing. Oh, it might it might have been a Stone Sour concert. I'm not sure, but he just starts singing. And everybody's singing back with him, like in perfect unison, just like you're talking. Like they yeah. sing back. He didn't yeah. even need the band. They were just singing it. It's like, that's Bob, the Bob, 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 I'm going to look that up. <laughs> Yo. Um, At a metal show, it's just perfect. Yeah. <sighs> Rage. Rage Against the I think it was Rage. Uh, did uh, Black Sheep had this song. Uh, Black Sheep was one of the native tongue families, so with Tribe Called Quest, Bob, Jungle Bob, Brothers. Bob. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, it, it was them making fun of gangster rap. It's the very first song on their album. Great album. Yeah, yeah, it is. I wish it was hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he said, "Woke up, didn't choke up." So my AK, it was broke up. So, it, so he's talking. He's talking like he's a gangster, but like he beats mom, up what's his on the motherfucking breakfast. Yeah, he beat up his sister, shot his mom, shot his dad, killed the mailman. It's a fucking hilarious ass song. And then it gets to the end, and his DJ wakes him up, and he's like, "Yo, man, he's like, what's wrong with you?" He's like, "Man, I, I had a dream," and then. He was like, "What you? What, what the fuck was the dream about, G?" He's like, "I dreamed I was hard." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know. And Rage covers that, and they do like this heavy metal version of it. But that shit well, is. They so do. The, they do a lot of cover shit. Like so, one of my favorite songs of theirs is like "Pistol Grip Pump" on yep. my lap at all times. Sing it, Bill. I don't know that one. Pistol Grip Pump. No, dude. <laughs> I, I did see Rage live once, though. Oh, that's. Better. I would like to see them live. I can handle Rage with the Zach de la Rocha. I mean, they're really political, though. That's like. But the thing was, and the, the kind of dystopian kind of mind fuck as far as somebody who actually appreciated the kind of the anarchist or the the the, the militantness militantness of their music. Is when they raged against the machine, 
the machine of capitalism took that rage and made it into a profitable commoditized yeah. unit. Yeah. So they were. Uh, so fucking... when they were. So when they were on stage, they looked out and they spoke with their rage and they're trying to speak their words to the, to this audience. They make millions. I don't even think it was about the money. I really don't. I think they spoke out, and the audience wasn't hearing it. They were hearing that commoditized unit. Oh. Uh, and I think there was this this he was looking out trying to be in the moment in in the moment of that and feeling lost. And I, I as as a fan, that's kind of what I saw. It's like this kind of sold outness. And and I don't think it was a part of the band. It was just part of this capitalistic machine. That then they ruined were, the I machine. Could see, I could see how it'd come that way, but I know, like, even Chuck D, <laughs> Public Enemy, the other group I forgot <laughs> off that Def Jam list, you know, of pioneers, uh, they toured with Public Enemy for like a decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to to be on tour with 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 a, such a pro black group like PAPE means that there was that level of respect. You know what I'm saying between the band because Chuck D was in charge of all of that, you know what I mean? Like he was very careful who he who he did shows and shit with, and I think that says a lot, you know what I mean, you know about the, them. You know what the tragedy of that is and just like punk music and that like lifestyle in general is like you are in essence that's the the root of like punk, right? Is that message he was trying to get out. <laughs> Right, and so, and but so how's but this? The, but have you ever seen the movie SLC Punk? That's, oh, yes, yes, I did. That's what it's We're about. All sellouts. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's how it that ends. That is the point. Is like so, eventually. So uh, yeah, of a, 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 a someone bred in this DIY punk movement, I'm now a part of the corporate machine of yeah. corporate radio. That's, what, that's the tragedy of <laughs> punk and truth. It's yeah. like everybody eventually becomes a part of that but machine. It, but it's fine. I mean, it, it's the reality of the situation and yeah. how you can actually hopefully influence and uh, survive, really. Facts. I mean, Facts. it's about survival first. Because I remember, compl- I, you would not believe how much I used to complain about radio as a, as a young adult, you know what I mean? And it was more because I was, I remember when, to quote the Wu-Tang, they got dropped off radio, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're this multi-platinum selling artist and then... For whatever reason, they pissed off the higher ups, and then they weren't getting played on radio anymore. But they didn't need it because they had that hardcore fan base. So I remember, compl- I remember complaining about Kiss and Donovan. If you ever hear this, I can say this now because you don't work for the company anymore. <laughs> Tom, I hope you never hear this. But I used to, I used to cuss out Kiss FM because, like, you know, the crossover songs which we have so many of now, whether it's you know rock crossing over to hip hop or country crossing over to pop. I remember every time there was a pop artist that had a rapper on one of their Last songs, night. we never, yeah, right, Morgan Wallen, we never played. Cut myself. <laughs> we never played the fucking version with the with the rap verse on it. We would always play it without it. And that used to piss me off to the utmost. It was like, yo, like they did this remix, you know what I mean? Why are they not doing it? In, and I didn't understand how Casper worked and how different. Like I'm inside the machine now, so I get it. And we don't have that much of a problem anymore. Like we play more of that crossover shit now. But yeah, I used to hate Kiss for doing that. Every time they played the J Lo song that uh, Pharrell produced and didn't have his rap group on, it, I used to be like, <laughs> every time they played a Justin Timberlake song that didn't have the rap group on, it, I was like, Arr! And then now I have to answer these questions when people ask me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, we do do this, we do that, but we're also not a hip-hop station. I want to say not my circus, not my monkeys, but hey. It is. <laughs> it is the truth. Yeah. I can't say that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. 
You're playing way more hip hop though. We are. Um, and we also get a lot like I remember when it used to be just in the twelve years I've been at the station, I remember when we used to get new music like maybe once every three months. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're getting new music on the average once a week, you know what I mean? And more than one song, like two or three songs every week. So I have to tell people now, they're like, How come I hear the same ten songs on the radio? Because you're only listening to the radio 20 minutes out of the day. You know what I mean? It's five times when you're in your car. You know what I mean? I was like, well, I heard this song three times this hour. No, you didn't. I was like, because we have separation. But I'm inside the machine. I can tell them. I know for a fact you didn't. It's against our rules to play the same artist within 30 minutes of each other. Definitely not the same song within an hour. You know what I mean? Like, why did I hear it each time? Where were you in your car? <laughs> on your way to work. When you dropped your kids off. On lunch. When you were going home. When you're picking the kids up, you know At what I mean? those prime times, and they're targeting the most popular songs. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you. It, it, it's, it's funny. It's like machine. Yeah, it makes sense, but you don't understand it until you're part of the machine. Or also, there's one thing that I like when people talk about the liberal media. Oh. Um, so one thing, the the liberal, I'm, uh, I'm saying this in quotations if you can't <laughs> hear me, the liberal media is a product of capitalism mm-hmm. because you, the click, you click, whatever you click on gets paid mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, kind of sound bubble or whatever, if the liberal agenda quote gets the clicks. So that's what it feeds. Even if the liberal agenda click actually feeds the anti agenda. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where the whole kind of conundrum begins. When it comes down to it, it's about supply and demand and what, like, people, like, it's just nature, I think. It's like you're going to, like, we have a currency system that's already established. Mm-hmm. People always have currency systems. Euros. Bitcoin. And inevitably, you're going to pay for what you want to hear or see or play or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just inevitable that these things happen, though. Right. It's like that capitalistic... I yeah, like, I, I think, and this is funny because this popped up on my memories today, uh, and I saw it, like, right before I came out here. My memory was more to when, you know, all that shit was going on with the uh, uh, BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement, and how they tried to, you know, change what Colin Kaepernick was really trying to do you know, which bring police brutality to the light and then say it was about the, they said it was about the troops and it never was. But beyond that, I had said in this, in this video, that was like, you should do your own research. Like people have a tendency to jump on board when they see something that they agree with. To read the headline, not yep, the story. Exactly. And it's like, well, I agree with what that headline said, even though I didn't read to fact check if any of it was true. You know what I mean? And I, and I think there's this level of ignorance that we should not have, if anybody should not be ignorant, it should be every, I'm not even gonna say a generation, everybody that's alive that can use technology. So whether you're fucking 15 or you're 65, 80, you, you, 80. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As long as you, as long, cause everyone, just about everyone has a fucking smartphone, uh, or a niece that'll tablet, tell you how to do it. Yeah. A computer. Mm. So if, if somebody said, uh, so-and-so, donated $500 to the satanic church and you should never listen to their music again. You saw somebody posted that on their Facebook page and it came from somewhere else that somebody else made 
if you didn't go and do the check and you just start sharing things willy nilly without making sure you're part of the problem, because there is no reason for you not to do. It takes less than a minute to double check if something's factual or not on certain. I mean, there's certain things you can't. Especially if it pisses you off that much. Yeah. Yeah. If it, yeah. If it upsets you, you should look. Cause like if it upsets you, it's probably aimed to upset you, not to educate you first off. Yes. And like, and and that's why we have so many trying to get an emotional reaction, not an intelligent one. Mm. Yes. Thank you. And, and the problem, and the problem with that is, is then you, it's so easy to share false information and then you're blaming media when you're part of it but it all it also matters how widespread the lie is what thing like let's take it we'll take it off the political aspect how many times have you seen something shared about a celebrity dying just Uh because and the reason you see it but but the but the reason that the reason that these things exist are because of these websites that what do they come satire websites and that's how they get their clicks Morgan Freeman died. So you click on the you click on the link. You know what I mean? I think it's beyond just satire. I think satire is, is where it started, but then there, I think there's people who maliciously just want those clicks. Yeah, yeah, that's what he was just saying. Though. Yeah, it's but like it's, it's not. It's about money. It's about making money. They like they don't and, care if it's. True but I think or not. yeah, I do think there are some people that are evil too. But just, it's like those satire magazines you used to see in the grocery store. I love man. I love the Onion. I love the Onion newspaper. But you, but you have. But to I know, know, I know what satire yeah. going into it. Yeah, you, right. yeah, well, you that have, shit's always the, so ridiculous. But the, that, no, no, but, it's, but, it's, it's but not, there's so, it's not ridiculous anymore. It sounds more truth than the fucking news anymore. <laughs> it does, and that's why that shit gets. It's crazy how often I tell, and I've said this on this show numerous times. The shit that blew my mind was the fact that I thought fucking Tommy Hilfiger was racist for twenty years because it never even occurred to me to fucking look it up. And had Macy's not closed, you know what I mean? And I saw some polos. I was like, man, those are dope. And something in the back of my head was like, hey, somebody told you that. You didn't read that online. You didn't read that in a paper. You didn't read that in a magazine. Fucking look it up. Googled it. Went right to a fucking uh, Snopes article that also had shit, the proof, where the other things that could go back was like, he never said that. So for 20 years, I believed some fucking stupid word of mouth rumor about somebody being fucking racist and didn't wear his clothes because of a stupid rumor. Same reason I was scared to eat Pringles because they said the guy that makes uh, the own Procter and Gamble worshiped the devil and donated 10% of his fucking earnings. That we did get a letter to my church. But you know what I'm saying? I still, that was before the internet. I never thought to check it. Took me 30 years to actually check that. So every time I ate a Pringle or bought Charmin to wipe my ass with, I was fucking, you know what I mean? I felt like I was sinning because I was donating to the, you know what I mean? That's some crazy shit. You know what I mean? And and it's funny to you, but you know what I mean? The fact that there's all kind of shit like that, that people don't check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, There was a video with this girl that was being chased by a fucking bear as she was fucking skiing. Oh, yeah, it's fake. It's way fake. But, yo, here's the killer, Like It was obviously fake. It was a very good, quick low res quality video mm. but it did look real if you were looking at it from a phone and if you were looking at it from a computer it was like yo the bear came out of the same direction twice you know what i mean and she was moving it was obviously fake but people were sharing that shit like oh this girl was being chased by a fucking bear on this mountain and she had her headphones on and didn't notice that's funny it was like no she went down I the saw, hill i think i saw yeah that and they added the bear later you know what i'm saying there was a couple of them though yeah but i mean just same bear same direction, <laughs> right? But Justin but Bieber did one. Time. Uh, Justin Bieber did one for fun. You know what I mean? Uh, where he was eating a burrito sideways. 
And that shit from the fu- middle. Yeah, yeah, from the middle. You know what I mean? Instead of eating it like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that shit went fucking viral and people thought it was like, oh, Justin Bieber is fucking retarded. He's eating a fucking burrito from the middle. And then two weeks later, they were like, yeah, that wasn't real. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck? He's like, yeah, I did this just to fuck with people. Yeah. And then it's the same thing with uh, the- He made it a fake burrito or what? No, it was a real burrito, but he doesn't really eat them from the side. So he actually he was just fucking with. He was just fucking with people. He's like, hey, watch this. I'm yeah. going to piss everybody off. Yeah, I'm going to eat a burrito. And, and one of these websites put it out. You know what I'm saying? It was one of them comedy websites. And- it went viral, so they got paid. They paid him to do it, and then he was like, "Yeah, this is fake. We played. We planned that." Same thing with the the fucking hoverboard thing with with the oh right with the. I thought that was real. Yeah, but I mean, but, but Every, I think everybody that saw that at first was like, "Oh, holy shit!" They but that made was hoverboards. a pr- but that was a production. What they used to do that was the same shit that they used to make Superman fly in 1980. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were they just got rid of the cave. Like that was super easy to do. Those weren't like CGI. That's why it looked real because yeah. they just got rid of the wires. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was essentially real. Yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, it was just real. he was being hung. Instead so that's of- why it's harder to see it i guess yeah and people got because there's something about cgi like it's something your eyes yeah yeah, there's something off about it where you're like if something isn't like real Mm -hmm. you're like oh there's something like off about that yeah and your because your mind notices it looks real but there's something yeah there's just something Uh there your brain and that's what you remember i told you when i saw mission impossible (laughs) five when when they were hanging in from the outside of that plane Mm -hmm. i was like holy shit this is the best CGI I've ever seen in my but entire it wasn't fucking CGI. yeah. Because I remember yeah. Because because I didn't. Tom get... Cruise is that fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like I say, that was like the first thing in the movie, and, and I'd forgotten about it, and I didn't get to see it in the theater, so I watched it at home. So we're in, and I'm one of those nerds that has to watch the special features. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I was watching the stunts, and I was like, "Holy shit!" They it never even remotely occurred to me that they hung a 55 year old man. A five six, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 165 pound man on the outside of a C one thirty. That dude's insane. Yeah, he's fucking insane. I've where, was it you and I that were talking about that ramp he did in the new movie? Mm, maybe. What? What? I was talking to somebody. I can't remember ramp. what. Uh, the 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 latest Mission Impossible movie. Oh shit! I can't remember who it was. It was somebody that's in our circle that was telling me about it though? Mm. Fucking. It was incredible, you know what I mean? Like he has to keep topping those stunts. So this motherfucker jumped the this motorcycle off the top of this cliff and then parachuted. You know what I mean? But it was super dangerous because there's like a 10-foot clearance. He could have killed himself and he's got a fucking twenty thousand dollar bike and he kept doing it and they're not catching the bikes. So he did it seven times. So that's a hundred thousand dollars they seven spent. Times. Yeah. Seven times this motherfucker jumped off this mountain. On a motorcycle, let the motorcycle crash, and then parachute it down. Seven times. Same thing with them hanging off the plane. The first one is the one they used for the film, but he was like, just in case, keep going. And uh, oh boy, the place Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, but you you know, uh, Simon Pegg. Yeah. He was like, the whole time he's on the outside with these big ass fucking uh, contacts to keep, you know, the rocks from going into his eyes and he's holding on, on the outside, you know what I mean, of this plane half dying and he said all of us were on the inside going, wee, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, you, you, you cannot understand the madness that is Tom Cruise until you actually see the shit that he does. Yeah, he is. He's a stuntman. How do you even breathe? Like on the outside of a plane? Like, the, well, like, it's, it's not like, that high. You can, you, you can, know when like something like when like 
even a strong gust of wind blows in your face. It's hard to like. Oh, it's hard to breathe, but it, it's doable. Breath. Yeah, as long as you're under a certain. So uh, like, but I mean, there's got to be a. He's, oh, he's, he's probably got to like do breathing training to do that. Yeah, because he's. Or he, else you would probably pass out. The yeah, he was behind the fuse. That's what they were worried about was him passing out from the gas fumes and the heat because he was right behind the propellers. <sighs> Holy shit! And he did it seven times. What the fuck? <laughs> Guy's crazy. And it's all on video of him doing it each seven. It's like, man, shit's insane. I love Tom Cruise. Crazy gringo. <laughs> right? Well, how long gringo is he going to be local. able to keep doing this? Well, the next thing they're playing. Well, they said. Four they- years. Maximum. Maximum. Because <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's 55 now. I can't it's going to be a sad day when Tom Cruise never. Well, he'll probably still act. But do you think, I mean, he won't. Do his risky stunts. Right? I don't think, yeah. The, at some point, I don't care how good a shape you're in. At some point, the body is like, okay, stop. Yeah, or, especially if you're kicking the shit out of yourself constantly. Yeah. He, he gets injured. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, he broke his... Yeah, the, he broke his fucking ankles. Ankle, yeah. Or was it his one ankle? It was one ankle, doing that jump from... Dude, that shit is gross, too, the way his his foot snapped. And he kept going. Yeah. He, he kept running. Or he, like, hobbled. Yeah. Crazy gringo. <laughs> And yeah, I thought that was acting until I was like, oh shit, now he was. <laughs> he yeah, he broke really his had, shit. yeah, he shattered his fucking ankle. Yeah, that'd have been game over for me. I'd have been like, stop the tape. <laughs> That's like Jackie Chan back in the day. Yeah, he did the same wow. shit. I mean, he really put himself at hold risk on, all hold the time. Hold on, like ass and jumped again. That What movie was that when he's sliding down the side of that glass building? Is that Rumble it's in the Bronx? I think so. And yeah, yeah, it is. That's such a fucking badass oh, movie. Oh. Yeah. And then he Epic. fucked himself Epic. up in a couple of the, the rush oh, yeah. hours, too. You, you know he broke his fucking leg and shit a bunch of times. I always thought he was like a kung fu. I mean, he is a kung fu guy. He is. But he actually went to a clown college. Like a fucking, to be in the circus. I didn't know that. Did you ever see Drunken Master? Yep. Oh, yeah. Of course. That was when he was young, young. Yeah, that was, that was one of the ones with yeah. the, the Wu-Tang flicks that I was, you know what I mean, back in the day. I saw one really old one. It was like, uh, like the t- Legend of the Tiger Fist or whatever yeah. the fuck, so, something like that. Legend. It, it's like so Tiger, fucking old, fuck. and just like the cheesiest shit you've ever seen. Like some those of those, ones I love. Me too. Um, he was on. He was on a uh, Bruce Lee stunt team. You know what I mean? Uh, one, one of Bruce Lee's fight. Matter of fact, two of Bruce Lee's big movies. He was in, you know what I mean? One of them seems he got hit with nunchucks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was, you You can see him numerous times, you know what I mean, in Bruce Lee's movie. So he put he put in the work, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Well, Jackie Chan's a motherfucking legend, bro. Yeah. Yo, I've just found out, this was one of my Nike's nuggets of the day on my radio show, but his uh his father was in the mob in the Chinese, like the, the, the triad. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah. And this is all shit you can like. You can Google this shit. It is, you know, what I mean, it's easy to find. He's also was a big like. He's a singing star too in China. Like we know him for the martial arts and the stunts and the comedy. But this motherfucker is like David Hasselhoff, Knight Rider, Baywatch. He's a super big pop star in his country. The shit didn't. He tried it in here. It didn't work. But in his country, same thing with. Did you guys see the new Ninja Turtles movie? Fuck yes. Okay, you did. Mike opening. I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Well, there's a fight scene. He is Master Splinter in that movie, and his fight scene uh, is very reminiscent of his old movies. Like, so he's, like, stumbling around. and drunken master, yeah. You know, fucking, and grabbing, like, 
he grabs a fucking flower pot at one point. Mm-hmm. Ow! Like, and it's it's just like his old fight scenes in his uh, older movies. And I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, a nice nice homage. Well, yeah, that and like it's just a. Uh, For them, because you could have easily made him all just do the normal. Uh, Splendor. He seems harmless until mm. they start attacking him, and then he's a bad motherfucker. And but for That's them to them too. to take that risk and do it different, yeah, and make it almost clumsy. But that's the drunken but, fist was but clumsy. The, yeah, that's what Jackie Chan was known for. Was looking yeah. like he was on the verge of getting his ass kicked, but he was just just. Just barely managing to even kick. rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. like jumping through this, uh, which was shot cars. entirely Ooh. in China. <laughs> it's really just slapstick comedy. Yeah, but don't think he ain't gonna fuck you up. The motherfucker's got like six black belts. Oh yeah, he can definitely fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we should probably wrap this fucker up. We just just surpassed two hours. Oh wow! Damn, really? Yeah. Yep. So go to thecomiczone.com. That's yes, where sir. we got all our episodes. Go to the Facebook group. We need more people in there. Of course. And, uh, yo, big props to all the new people that have come in. We've had a lot of uh, new folks that are contributors. Well, it's, yeah, it is interesting because we are getting more people. We got, like, stagnated on, like, just under 800 people. Mm-hmm. At some point and just stopped going up, but it's starting to again. Uh, anything else? Did I miss something? Follow us on uh, all the socials. Oh, yeah. And gear black. Yes, sir. Bill, get your shit together, man. Let's get this fucking thing going.